And it's another Friday, and welcome to another edition of Speaking for Him with your host, detective and prosecuting attorney, Andrew Gamason. Well, I don't know about that, Chad, but I do know that today we have a kind of a serious topic to discuss. First of all, I want to send my condolences to um, all those involved in the recent um, school shooting in Florida, and I apologize for not having um, the name of that school in front of me. Perhaps Chad can pull that up for us. Uh, but I have been thinking a lot about it um, because we have a lot of uh, rhetoric flying from both sides of the gun control issue in particular. Well, today's um, the focus of today's podcast is not about gun control. Uh, but what it is about is, I think, some root issues that we're missing as we discuss the issue of gun control. And I do have some views on gun control. I have done a podcast that, that talked about that in the past. So if you want to go into the archives, you can look that up. It's probably one of our issues update podcasts. Um, I will try to include the episode number on the, the show notes if I can find it when I'm putting this when I'm posting this podcast. So if I fail to do it and you want information about that episode, please let me know. But it is in the archives. But my, my goal today and is to actually talk about some ways that we can uh, take a look at this situation and grab it by the roots and see a change from the inside out. So, Chad, do you have the name of that high school? Yes, it is a long name. Um, hold on, because a pop-up ad came on. Thank you, CNN.com. Um, not my favorite website, that, but that's a different episode, right? It's called uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Okay, and they just um, went back to school yesterday, if I remember correctly. Um, since this happened, and do you have the date of the shooting up as well? Uh, hang on a second. Well, while he is researching that, I will just um, continue to say that we're just going to look at some issues, how the world looks at them, and then look at what the Bible says about them, and look at how maybe our worldview has a lot to do with the fact that we have so many of February these. 21st. Okay, February 21st um, was the day of the shooting. So um, I send my thoughts and prayers to them, and I know that sounds cliche and some people get irritated by that, but it's very real in my case. Um, and so I, I hope that they uh, are are able to get to back to some semblance of of order so they can um, do what's best for their students. But I know there would be no such thing as normal for them anymore. But before we dig into our uh, the meat of our discussion, could you give us our quote of the day, Chad? And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. That's interesting that that follows Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and a lot of people forget that part. 
It, it is, isn't it? Because in Jeremiah 29, 11, since you brought that up, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And how do we get the hope and the future? It's right there in verse 13, which you just read about seeking him and finding him if we seek him with all of our hearts. And I think that's the first thing that we need to do in the wake of a tragedy like this. It feels like, you know, I, I, I did an episode a few weeks ago about um, tragedies in the world. And it feels like uh, really sad to be back here again talking about the same topic, but it's sadly so relevant to what is going on. So that's where we're coming from. But I really think that if we become an, a people, and I'm talking just about the church right now, but if we become a people that really seeks God with with our whole heart, he will give us wisdom on how to deal with the situ- with situations like this. He says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally That's right. and will not withhold it. Or as the King James says, abradeth not. He doesn't withhold wisdom if we really desire it. But I think it's important to look at the way the world sees different things and then look at what the Bible says and see if maybe changing our worldview doesn't help us in some of these situations. And the first one is, um, can you read the first um, bullet point there, Chad? So I get to read all the bad guy parts? Well, okay. I'll, <laughs> how about this? No, 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 no. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. All right. I get it. I'm the it. bad guy. I'm the bad Okay. The world says we came from nothing. The world says there was a bang and we just showed up here. Or um, if you've ever seen the documentary Expelled, which maybe we could review sometime on the show, we'll see. But if you've ever seen that documentary, you know that there was one evolutionist that Ben Stein talked about talked to on that show where he said perhaps um, the universe uh, – came to be because of crystals on the back of aliens or some some such. It's interesting how they know, do that. I like, what, I like what my pastor says. He says, from goo to you by way of the zoo. <laughs> yeah, there's there's different, yeah, there's different ways that they, that they reconcile it, but it doesn't have anything to do with the divine creator. And so when you don't have um, a divine creator at the beginning of things, there's no reason to live and there's no reason to respect other human life. But the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. If we would believe and internalize this first verse of the entire Bible, that would, I believe, go a long way in the way that we act um, toward our fellow men and even how we how we treat our environment. You know, I think a lot of times people think that... Um, Christians can't be environmentalists in the sense that they don't care about their environment because they're just Christians and there's more important things. No, I believe God wants us to take care of our environment. But when, when we do, we take care of our environment in the sense that God gave us our environment as a gift and we need to preserve it the best we can, but not in a sense where we worship the creation more than the creator, which I believe often happens today. Um, and then the second issue I wanted to bring up is the world says it's a blob of tissue. The Bible says, for thou hast possessed my reins and has covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Psalm 139, 13-50 Now let's take the first part first. The world says it's just a blob of tissue. You you can get rid of it. Abortion should be legal. Our country has said in most states that it should be legal through all 50 states of all 50, all nine months of pregnancy. Sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied. Um, and so even like the day before you're due, if you decide you don't want your baby, you can go in and get an abortion. Now, many people think that's a misnomer. Many people think that you can, uh, you can't get an abortion after the age of viability. But the only problem is the age of viability was never defined in the Roe versus Wade or Dole versus Bolton decisions. And so it's a very ambiguous, ambiguous thought process. And again, we see if human life is just a blob of tissue when it starts out, then at what point does it become human? You know, and, and how does it have value if it was just a blob of tissue? And going back to our first thing, if we came from nothing, where's the value? And I know people get irritated when people like me bring up the fact that, um, yes, um, 30, uh, I mean, several people died in this shooting, which is awful, but millions of people die every year, um, through abortion and people don't, um, say anything because it's out of sight, out of mind. It's not something that's in the American conscious, um, as a crime or a wrong thing. And so, um, people may, may say it's insensitive to compare it, but in a society where we slaughter our youngest, um, citizens, I really don't think in some ways we can expect any less than people um, trying to kill each other because we've already said life is not sacred. We've already put it, um, we've already sacrificed it in a lot of ways. And so I, I really think that if we get back to a cultural respect of life, we could go a long way in seeing these crimes go down. So do you have any thoughts on these first two points? The thing that um, really changed my view on abortion was the movie, a documentary called The Silent Screen, which is really difficult to find these days. In that movie, they show a legitimate abortion. When I saw that movie and I saw the movements of the baby... You will never, ever, ever convince me that it's just a blob of tissue and you will never, ever convince me that abortion at any point is legit. I don't buy into some of these politicians who say, well, I believe other people should have abortions, but I wouldn't. It doesn't matter if you support other people having an abortion or not. You are pro-abortion then. And I am against it. And that is one of the first things that I look for in a political candidate when when um, election season comes. Are they pro-life or pro-choice? And if they're pro-choice, they're not getting my vote. Well, and the reason that that's so important, because sometimes people accuse people like you and I, because I second your thoughts a thousand percent. A lot of times people say, well, people like you are just one issue voters. But that issue hinges on so much. 
How can we, and this, this is my question that has never been able to be answered by anybody. How can I trust somebody with human life of an adult if I can't trust them with human life of a child? Why would I believe a politician cares about gun control when they don't care about the unborn? Why would I think they care about a universal health care plan if they don't care about a baby in the womb? Or worse, they're willing to pay for a baby in the womb to be killed. Yeah, it it does not add up. Two and two, in I mean, there two and two makes four, but they do not know math in that particular instance. And the thing, the thing that bothers me too, and I and I think you kind of said this, but to reelaborate, it's like it's situationally right. You know, if a person's life situation is such and such. Then it's okay for murder. You know, like my, my mom always got a little bit of grief because we had 12 kids. Well, she always felt like she should say to them, okay, so if, you know, my, I'm blessed that my dad always had a really good paying job and really always was able to care for us and never had any major financial struggles. But she's like, if my, if my husband lost his job tomorrow, which kid should I shoot? You know, when, when people, when people have that attitude of like, how can you be so irresponsible to, to have these kids? That's kind of what they're saying is you should get rid of so and so. And I find it interesting that anybody that talks about how abortion is necessary to control population or whatever, or they complain about overpopulation, they never offer to off themselves. They just, <laughs> they just think that somebody else needs to leave or be off the planet in order for their agenda to be forwarded. So that really bugs me. What what I think people need to understand is this. In the scripture, we all, the world get, I mean, it seems to be more quoted now than John 3.16, and that's Matthew 7, judge not lest ye be judged. But we forget about the second part. Again, we when we pick apart, pick apart the verses we, we like and use them to justify our actions, you got to understand you have to take the whole verse and put it into perspective, and that is this. For the standard of which you choose to judge will be judged on you in return. So you cannot lift up a standard in one area without also lifting it up in another area. So if you're going to demean human life in one area, then you can't be crying, oh, I'm against capital punishment, it's cruel. And then yet you're cruelly killing a baby. You have to use your standard to justify both because the scripture says that if the standard of measure of which you will return will be measured to you in return. So, and to elaborate on that, it, so in that case, it's not saying don't judge. It's just saying that the way that you judge, you will be judged. So be prepared to be that. And there's a lot, there's a lot of confusion with the term judged. I cannot look at a person and say, and I, and I hope this isn't a rabbit trail, but I can't look at a person and say they're going to hell. That's wrong. That's judging. But Jesus also says you shall know them by their fruits. So Jesus is essentially saying you have to do some sort of judging. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think. There's a difference between judgment and judgmental too. I think the tricky part is sometimes when you're judging someone, 
based on what they believe and you're saying this belief is wrong according to scripture, they, they, they turn around and think that you're attacking them personally. When in reality, I didn't write the truth, the, this truth that we're talking about today. I'm not the one that wrote that, that I created your life. I, you know, I didn't decide, hey, life was created this way. That's right. what God said. And he passed it on to us and, and we have a responsibility to be faithful messengers of it. So I think what, what you're bringing up is very important. All right. Well, we just have, um, one more, uh, main, um, topic to get to and then we'll, we'll close with some final thoughts and some prayer. And that is the world says, look out for yourself. The Bible says, Jesus said unto them, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. And that's Matthew twenty-seven thirty-seven to forty. And at this point, um, what I what I was struck by as I was thinking through this is the fact that if we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and we love our neighbor as ourselves, that pretty much covers every other command because every command in the Ten Commandments or even other commands that Jesus gives, they're all encompassed in those two things. That's right. why they're the great commandments. So if I'm loving God with all my heart and I'm loving my neighbor as myself, I'm I'm not transgressing the other commandments either. Now, I'm not going to be perfect in this because I'm not perfect. Um, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't strive as a believer to be as perfect as I can because that's God's standard. His standard is perfection. His standard is holiness. And there's another verse that says, let each just in Philippians, um, chapter two, I believe it says, let each esteem others better than themselves. Um, so we're to put others before us. And if we do that, if that's the mode of living, then we won't get into these selfish mindsets that cause people to go into buildings and take out human life. And it's not just about guns. I've purposely avoided talking at length about the issue of guns because I don't believe that's the root issue that we're dealing with here. I believe that the root issue we're dealing with here is a worldview that says I'm the only one that matters and even I don't matter that much because I came from nothing so I have no purpose and and yet I'm supposed to live a, a successful life with 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 um with no struggles in my life because I mean, I don't know how people live without purpose. Let me just be that frank and, and put that out there that much. You know, you can mock me all you want for believing that Jesus has a purpose for my life, but I'm living a much more fulfilled life um, than someone who doesn't believe there's any purpose for life at all. So I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, do you have any thoughts? Um. I agree that um, these two verses are essentially the Ten Commandments in two verses. And a lot of people are like, well, I mean, it's difficult to obey all Ten Commandments. Well, I mean, you just only really have to obey two, and you're covering them all. Um, there's something that's on my heart that has been on my heart for a long time since prior to the election, but even more so since the election of Donald Trump. 
And that is the idea of what we are as Christians, and that is we are ambassadors. An ambassador is a person who represents a country inside another country. They represent the well-being of that country within another country. So in my view, and this is very strong, as an ambassador of Christ, I should be worrying about the business of the kingdom. I should not be worrying about what happens at a football game. I should not be worrying about who stands or kneels at a national anthem. I should not be worried about gun control because I should be worried about advancing the cause of the kingdom. I shouldn't be worried about who hates or likes Donald Trump. I should be worrying about the business of the kingdom. And in my opinion, if the church as a whole carried that attitude, there would be a lot fewer mass shootings, a lot fewer mass killings, and this world would overall be a better place if the church would just be the church. Well, you know, not too long ago, we, we did a, a book club episode where we reviewed the book um, Living Among Lions. And one of the things that um, that they mention is that we should have hard heads but soft hearts. Hard heads meaning that we won't allow people who try to offend us to be offensive to us. But soft hearts in the sense that we're not going to bowl people over with what with what our views are, you know, um, I think it's very important for us to have biblically based views. But the important thing, like you said, is not to convince someone to embrace the pro life argument. The important thing to help them do is to meet the God who ordained life. Right, and God will take care of that stuff yeah, on exactly. His own. Because if you meet God in a real way. Your life will change. Absolutely. Chad and I are both evidences of that. And so I can guarantee you, if you're listening and you don't know the Lord yet, if you trust him, the Psalms say, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you give him a try, I, and I hate to say it that way because it sounds like a sales gimmick. It sounds but, cliche. But even he says that in one form or another, you know, uh, give, you know, give me a try. He says, come unto me, all who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he guarantees his promises. He's never broken a promise to me. Now, does that mean I get everything I want? No, because my finite understanding doesn't always understand, or very rarely understands, I should be honest, how God works. But he has never broken a promise to me. And I can say that with the utmost sincerity and confidence. So I hope and pray that this has been an encouragement to you. I appreciate your thoughts so much, Chad. And I hope that this, uh, rather than um, being an episode that sparks a ton of debate, I hope that this can just be an encouragement to you and that if you feel that it's been a blessing to you, you can pass it on to your friends and family. All the episodes are available free of charge from the website. Um, you can download them anytime you wish, and they're available if you subscribe on iTunes, and again, that information is at the end of the show. Um, but 
uh, please make sure that you're letting people know about this show because we want to continue um, to impact um, as many people as we can through this wonderful program. And I'm so blessed to say that we are just a few um, short months away from our 300th episode. So we're very excited about that and all that may be coming along the line if the Lord is willing. So we're very excited to continue, hopefully, to be your weekly encouragement on this journey that we call the Christian life. All right, well, I think that about wraps it up. And so we will say, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 